Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. news we just fed finn solid foods for the first time and check this out we uh we read that steak was good for the iron and i'm a man that likes a good steak but i really wanted to get the four-month-old baby like the good stuff you know because i don't want it to be too gristly don't want it to be too fatty also it's also the first food he's ever had ever right so it's got to be good uh ground beef you know maybe there's bacteria i don't know but what i did i love steak errol doesn't eat steak just you know in case you don't know i got this child the 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 fanciest filet mignon I could find, like literally like $30 a pound. I got a little tiny thing. I'm like, this is this is way too expensive. What have I done? What have I done? Well, and, and But then, I felt so good about it. I'm like, I'm providing for my baby. And then Just you go. giving him nutrition. And then you go to like saute it. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. We have to steam this. Yeah, I'm like, huh? <laughs> So I cut off a little sliver of this gorgeous cut of beef, like seriously, the most gorgeous thing I've ever seen. And uh, I then cut it up into tiny little little things. I, I eat it raw. It's so pure. It's like it's like it's 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 so good. You know, it's it's like the best thing. Um, but then we steam it in a in a baby food maker, and then we puree it. And, and then, then we mix breast milk in and it. And we mix breast milk so in it. So it's basically meat milk. By the end, we have gray, fully cooked meat milk. <laughs> I felt like an idiot. But what? I have spent 50 American dollars on the gorgeous, most beautiful cut of beef. And uh, yes, daddy is going to eat it himself later. Uh, and we will get... A respectful meal, but the disrespect we did to this, to this, to this beef cut was just like, oh no, what have we done? I felt really good about it. Me too. You know, like I we, still do. We made this this great. I don't know. So Finn went to it's his four cleanest, month appointment, the and and the doctor said, you know, you can. It's definitely time to start solids. Get in there. We were like, okay, uh, mm-hmm. what do we start with? And she said, meat. And uh, it, and Ned was like, absolutely, yeah. I will start with meat. Yeah. So that is what we did. Shopping. So that it is was what sort we of did. like it smelled like uh, it it didn't I it smelled strange for sure. It definitely it, it smelled like meat. Yeah. Um, but meat today puree, which is a great segue. Yes. Yeah, to, because today we are talking about feeding babies that's right welcome to baby steps the (laughs) weekly parenting comedy podcast i'm ned (gasps) is that's your cue oh that's my cue and i'm ariel (laughs) 
I'm Ariel. I don't know why he did that. That was weird. Uh, well, I do, I do it every episode. Now I tried to make a thing of it this episode. Oh, so that I can introduce myself. Yeah, that's right. Because that's I'm right. a strong, confident woman. Exactly. And you don't you get to say, introduce no, yeah, me. Yeah, you're a strong, confident woman. You get to say, and I'm Ariel, and then I do the rest of the introduction got myself. It. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. No, you we know, are. You could discuss that with me ahead of time, and it would be a lot more clear. Yeah, but see, I'm not that strong or confident. Got it. Okay. Um. Uh, we're Ned and Ariel. Uh, we have a three-year-old kid, a four-month-old baby that just ate some meat milk. And today we are so excited to be talking with Robin Price of the Breastfeeding Dietitian. We're going to be talking about breastfeeding. Robin, how's it going? Hi, it's going great. I'm super excited to be here. <laughs> we are so excited to have you. I'm going to try and keep the uh, amount of times I talk about boobies to a minimum. But, um, you know, that's my role here. Uh, we're going to level set it. That's <laughs> like I think that's a, fair. Guy, a guy's perspective. I think that's fair. <clears throat> so yeah, breastfeeding. You'll keep it real. <laughs> it, it's making milk from your boobies. How, how mm-hmm. happened? How, how make milk from boobies? <laughs> Ned just sort of assumes that it just happens. Boobies is boobies. And then milk is milk. And then mammary ducks. I don't how yeah uh, what's what's what are the basics <laughs> Well actually this may come as a surprise but it's pregnancy that kickstarts your body <gasps> into making milk It's all it those is. glorious pregnancy wow. hormones going around yep and so even if you're not pregnant if you can like um if you can match those pregnancy hormones, you can actually induce lactation. Um, So it's the pregnancy hormones that get milk making going. And then once you birth your baby, it's your baby that keeps the milk making going. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's why in Meet the Parents, uh, they're like, I I got nipples. Can can you milk me? (laughs) (laughs) That was like my favorite movie as a teenager. Explains a lot about me. So... It's mm-hmm. hormones from pregnancy that start to circulate milk production. And then as you continue to breastfeed, that kind of gets it gets kept going. But yeah, where does yeah. the milk come from? It starts like long before pregnancy, too, when you're actually like making the milk making sacs in your breasts. Wow. Um, but it just the product. The, process is kickstarted in pregnancy they're there long before that though it's pretty crazy (laughs) wow that is crazy let's start with the anatomy of lactating or making milk um what is it that that happens that that kind of creates milk okay so in your breasts you have milk making sacks basically and I'm a visual person. I operate on Instagram creating visuals. And so the visual I like to use for it is grapes. <laughs> so picture inside the breast, there's just um, bunches of grapes. And it's in the grapes that you make milk. Okay. And then if you picture the grapes operating like a water balloon where they like expand and contract based on how full they are, um, how full they are is going to kind of cue to your body how much milk to make for your baby. And so when your baby empties those milk making sacs, the grapes are getting smaller. It tells your body, hey, we need to make some more milk, put some more milk into the grapes. 
If you're going longer between feeds and your grapes are filling up a lot, it's telling your body, hey, we need to slow down production here. Baby's not eating as much. And then so it turns down supply. Interesting. You yeah. have grapes in your boobies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I grapes. never knew. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good visual, actually. Yeah. Because, yeah, it, you know, you, you, you just have these like these milk, uh, milk ducks. No, milk... Uh, Sacks that like expand and contract. Sacks, the, the grape grapes. Boobies. Yeah. Booby grapes. Yep. And then the ducts are like the vines that go out towards your nipple. Oh. And like when they contract, it goes into your ducts. Yeah, it's a really good visual to picture hey, what it's, hey, what's going on in there. <laughs> I think your boobies are really grape. Wow. <laughs> okay. All right. One topic we're talking about today is baby led <laughs> breastfeeding, as well as the idea that support is best. So tell us what is what are some of the misconceptions around breastfeeding and what is the idea of baby led breastfeeding? I think a main misconception about breastfeeding is that all babies are supposed to kind of behave in a certain way. Um, I think moms are told, oh yeah, you got to feed your baby every two to three hours or you're going to expect them to do this. Um, And really every baby's going to be unique in their needs. And so when you throw the concept of baby led breastfeeding on it, it really helps set more realistic expectations where every baby's going to be different. And so if you read their cues, read what they're telling you, then you're better able to not be thrown for such a loop um, when they're not fitting into that kind of cookie cutter breastfeeding every two to three hours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's there's the baby that doesn't really fit within the cookie cutter uh, like that is placed before you. But also, I, you know, I feel like there are a lot of moms out there who struggle with breastfeeding. You know, it's it's not one of those completely, you know, you you don't have a child and then immediately it, you it it comes to you and you're like, "Oh, this is clearly how I feed my child." You know, from experience, it's it's not it's not doesn't feel natural. It, you know, it it it's very much a learned skill um which I didn't even learn with my first. I didn't learn it. I still don't feel like I have it down. You know, like, let's be honest, <laughs> I, I struggle. I've, half the time I'm like, get this baby a bottle. <laughs> it's kind of like this lifelong learning too. And it's, this, it's always changing as you're going. You just kind of settle into this groove. You think you have it figured out and then it changes and you're just like, wait, hold on a second. I thought it was supposed to be this way. And now you're doing this instead. Okay, now what? Um, so I think that's the beauty of keeping it baby led where it's just like, okay, you're changing it. Now it's time for me to change it too and let's find something that works for us um i struggled big time with my first one as well and even coming from a background where i knew oh how great breastfeeding is yeah i'm i'm gonna be able to do it it's gonna be great um when i had a baby kind of thrown onto my chest and it was time to feed him it's just like what do i do i hadn't seen breastfeeding i had no friends that were breastfeeding um i didn't know how to hold him there um i didn't take the prenatal class beforehand to like get all the basics down um i was just kind of thrown into it too and so i think kind of addressing those things beforehand is super beneficial but a lot of times moms aren't there and so that's where the support from 
um, your partner or who's in uh, labor uh, with you um, to able to like help you through that is really key. Nurses especially can have um, a big influence on you with that first breastfeeding experience. And so you mm-hmm. uh, you live in Canada. Um, and I so do. How, how, how is it different in Canada than in the United States? Yeah, what's Canada like? What's, yeah, tell us about Canada. Is it like <laughs> a little chilly, but like friendlier? <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. Super like, when super How are the boobies in Canada? Cold. You're too much. <laughs> they always sweat weather. You're too much. <laughs> the support aspect of of having a baby. Um, so in I gave birth in, in, in a hospital for both my kids, and um, uh, there was a lactation consultant there who you know was ready to to support me she would come in you know every every few hours and kind of be like okay so how are we doing um both of my kids were also in the NICU so there was a there, you know there was a, a special situation there where it wasn't just like here we are in our room with the sun shining on us and then you know tits out um it, it it was more of a it was it was more of a process um but tits were still out but yes <laughs> um yeah, I mean, how is it? Is it similar? Is it different in in Canada? Where do you guys have that kind of support? I think it's a little different in a sense that um, our lactation consultants are kind of reserved for those situations where breastfeeding is going to have a really rocky start. Mm-hmm. So there is one associated with um, if any babies are in the NICU, um, but. A lot of it is once you're out of the hospital, um, you can have resources to access breastfeeding help, Mm. but um, not so much in hospital. So much so that my own experience, he was a healthy full-term baby, except I was struggling. I could tell I was struggling and I wanted help, except that lactation consultant can only see so many um, Mm. because- we only have so many healthcare dollars, I guess, to invest in it. And I kind of didn't make the cut, we'll say, to get help right there in hospital. Ended up getting help once I was home. Um, so that can be kind of how it's different, where we have the supports in place, but it's kind of limited into where the supports can go. Okay. Tell us, tell us more about your experience. So when my first little guy was born, um, he had a tongue tie. I had no idea what that meant. And all I heard when or what I was told from the doctor was like, oh, you know, sometimes we cut a tongue tie. And that just sounded super traumatic to me. Oh, my gosh, you're going to like take scissors and cut my baby's tongue. No, thank you. But then after talking to some family members, they were saying that it can really affect breastfeeding, except I didn't get through these conversations until like day two or three of life. By then, my nipples were super cracked and bleeding and painful, and um, he was barely having any diaper output. You're supposed to have at least one diaper in that first 24 hours life, and he didn't get his first diaper until he was 36 hours old. Oh, wow. And so it took him a while. He wasn't eating. Nope, he wasn't getting the milk. And I didn't know any diff. Like, again, I wasn't educated. I don't, I didn't know what to look for. I didn't even know what a baby's swallow sounded like until right then and there, where the nurse is like, oh, you hear that soft little ka sound. That's him swallowing. And I was like, oh, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> I felt very clueless um, throughout the whole process. But I, 
was very highly motivated to breastfeed. And so I sought out help. Um, and eventually we got his tongue tie clipped, but they didn't clip back far enough. I didn't realize this until about five months in when I was basically told that him breastfeeding every hour for 30 minutes was not normal. You know, they're supposed huh. to have these times of like, um, they'll sleep for good periods of time and they'll be awake to like explore the world. No, they're not supposed to be breastfeeding 24 seven. Right. So then I'm like, oh, okay. And finally got some help. But I kind of flew under the radar because of what I was doing was helping him keep growing. Uh, usually they kind of find breastfeeding problems by their growth isn't kind of where it's supposed to be or their diaper output's not supposed to be where it's supposed to be. So that's kind of why I flew under the radar with this undiagnosed tongue tie and finally got that addressed. But by that time we were starting solids and um, onto a new journey in a sense. So I kept breastfeeding him, but um, it was a really rocky journey. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it it sounds like there's a lot of pressure for moms especially first time moms to fit some idea of breastfeeding because you 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 don't know what is going wrong or what to expect if something mm-hmm. is is not ideal it sounds like there's not a lot of information out there hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com spoken today. Want to teach your kids financial literacy but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. Yeah, and, and there is, you know, there, there's a certain amount of pressure to breastfeed. Um, you know, whether it comes from ourselves or whether it comes from like societal norms. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, women put this pressure on themselves to figure it out, uh, even without, uh, Mm. support, you know, that's, is that what baby led means where baby's not going to feel any pressure. Baby's just a baby. (laughs) Maybe baby just wants to eat. (laughs) You follow what the baby's doing. You don't need to feel pressure because it's all on the baby. Baby can handle it. Pressure makes diamonds think, out of that baby. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm just imagining what our children are going to be like if we're like, you got this. You can handle this. Yeah, you got this. It's huge pressure. <laughs> I think there's this concept where it's just you want to kind of read your baby and then you can make decisions based off that. So mm-hmm. I think it's learning what your baby's trying to tell you. Um, Classic example is I had no idea what my baby was telling me. And had I known, I think things probably could have gone a lot differently. And based on the moms that I've talked to through my Instagram account, I know a lot of them also 
feel the same way where it's just like, oh, had I known this, Mm -hmm. then maybe it could have been different. And so that's what my Instagram is all about in a sense is just kind of trying to get the message out there in a platform that people are on, Um, just kind of cruising through their feed and absorbing information that it's information that's kind of could help them prevent any problems. Mm-hmm. I well, love that. What are some things mm-hmm. you wish that you had known uh, when you were breastfeeding your first baby? Definitely in those first few days, what to expect, um, where, you know, what a swallow sounds like, what it actually sounds like or looks like when your baby's drinking milk, because it's not like you have a gauge on the side of your breast telling you how full or empty it is. Mm-hmm. That'd be nice. So, go go, go so well with the grapes. Really nice. Have a little bottle of wine. <laughs> a bottle of wine. It just goes deep. Deep, It would be super nice, but we don't. And so we have to kind of look at other ways. So looking at the swallows that are happening and how there's different types of swallows and sucking rhythms to know if they're actually drinking well and getting the milk out. Mm -hmm. And I wish I would have known that because that definitely wasn't happening with my little guy. And then I wish I would have known what kind of red flags there were that something was wrong where, you know, I was having the nipple damage, definite red flag. That's not supposed to happen. It's not supposed to be this kind of like painful, um, dreadful experience, which is like, oh no, I have to feed my baby again. Hmm. Like that's, that's kind of a red flag. (laughs) I, I, I certainly remember that. And there was something, I think I, it was with Wes, our first, Mm -hmm. when I was chatting with my doctor and I was like, is it, is it supposed to hurt like this? And she said, only if something is wrong. Oh, It is only supposed to exactly. hurt if there is something wrong. Uh, like the latches to, for, for, for me, it was a shallow latch. And, uh, um, and I was like, oh, it was this, it was this, like this light bulb went off. Like, <laughs> oh, this isn't supposed to be uh, massively painful. <laughs> we just assumed that maybe it was. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Because that's all that we knew, you know, not supposed to hurt. <laughs> I mentioned that both my ba- both of my kids were in the NICU. Um, and so with my first, actually with both, I before I breastfed either of them, I actually pumped first um, because they wanted to get that colostrum and they wanted to get, you know, get that into a bottle so they could feed it to the baby um, because they were just too small to latch at that time. Um, and uh, and so with Wes, my first, I actually found that pumping exclusively and feeding him express breast milk was the easiest, most felt felt the, like the most natural option for me. Mm-hmm. Um, partially because of that gauge that you're talking about, he both of the both of my kids were were you know were born premature, and so I it, it was really really important to us to get that nutrition into them. Um, and so knowing that he's drinking three ounces, five ounces, six ounces, um, was like for my own psyche, I, I needed to know that. And so, you know, like I went through the, you know, the process of pumping every four hours or something like that. Um, and then feeding them express breast milk. Mm. But with my second, I, I really, really want to commit to breastfeeding him. 
you know, I I feel like I I know the drill now and I I am confident that I can do it. Um but it's it's not it's it's just it just doesn't feel like the most natural thing to me, you know, especially since it was completely different with my first. And that's totally normal to have different experiences, different wants for each baby, like they're going to be different. But again, where it just doesn't feel like it's coming naturally, that's also totally normal because I think there's a huge culture piece to breastfeeding of kind of what you see, what you're surrounded with, you learn from those things. And so if you're not surrounded by it, where it's not in, like you don't see it everywhere, then you're kind of operating blindly. Um, You're going at this just trial and error, trying to find what works for you. Um, But the main thing is that like, you're learning from each experience and finding that groove that works for you. And that's the main thing and part mm-hmm. of that concept of baby-led breastfeeding where it's just you're finding what works for you and your little guy. <laughs> yeah. So I imagine a lot of people listening are like, love all the information, you guys, but I have this thing that's going on and I need some help with it. So let's... Uh, do a little troubleshooting exercise. Let's imagine our boobies are a VCR uh, from 1995. We're going to flip to the back of the owner's manual and, and go through all of the troubleshooting steps. <laughs> um, I feel like that says a lot about you as like a 10-year-old. Ned's going through the VCR yeah. manual. You got, you got to you know, save those manuals, y'all. got to check it out if it's <laughs> So yeah, let's let's go through. Uh, what are some of the main issues that could that could be happening to people in their breastfeeding journey, and what are the signs to look for, and you know what are the fixes, and also is there a one eight hundred number that you can, um, you know, call call uh, maybe call could, the Samsung and get your VCR checked out. Maybe we can break that down a little bit. I feel like you just asked Robin to like please solve breastfeeding. Um, for <clears throat> all of us. What if we do like a top five list? <laughs> do you think like mm, you got five. five five in the hopper? We could do like number five. I could do three. Okay. Oh yeah. We'll oh, do okay. three. Robin's yeah. top three <laughs> breastfeeding tips. Number three. I think that one would fall under a fussy baby. Can't get them to latch, but will happily take a bottle. Mm. Right there with you. <laughs> that seems pretty yep. easy to identify. Yeah, uh-huh. that's that's pretty clear. So what do you do there? Yes. So the first place I would look at is when you're trying to feed them. Mm. Sometimes a baby who is overly fussy is just overly hungry. Mm-hmm. And so there's these early hunger cues that they show, and then there's late hunger cues. Fussy uh, kind of falls under those late ones. So if you respond to the early cues to feed, they're a lot more calm and patient Mm -hmm. in order to learn how to latch, especially if latching is difficult. And so they're willing to work with you um, and they're not super, oh my gosh, give me milk now. Um, And so they're a little bit more easier to latch. Uh, the reason why they'll happily take a bottle if they are refusing to latch is because bottle 
um, it can just pour out depending how you feed it. Mm -hmm. And so there's not a lot of work for them. They don't have to wait for a letdown or your milk um, to start flowing faster um, after a certain amount of time. Mm. And so that's why they'll kind of happily suck and they'll get milk right away. It's like this instant reward and Mm. not a lot of work to it. It's like have a snack before you get hangry. Yeah, exactly. Ned gets really hangry. I do. Um, I have to carry around snacks for I'm him. I'm fussy. I'm fussy baby. <laughs> He's like one of my children. I have to carry snacks for everybody. That's a really good advice, though. I feel like in the VCR manual, mm-hmm. that would be like, is your VCR plugged in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I have absolutely experienced that. Like, that is probably the number one thing that... The, the number one problem that I have with breastfeeding because both... Kids have, are, are so used to taking from a bottle that when I go to breastfeed, uh, they're like, what is this? I do not want to work this hard to eat. Um, mm-hmm. I just know. got served filet mignon, mom. Yeah. <laughs> now you're trying to give me nipple? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but, but I do find mm. that the best, uh, the, the best experience, like the best time that I, it, it, that I have a good experience with breastfeeding is in the middle of the night. Yeah, they're sleepy and not really into it. And then they're, it's just they'll kind of passively accept and suck and be patiently waiting because they're so sleepy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That middle of the night feed is just so it just feels very joyful, you know, because I feel like I'm not struggling. You know, you have this like fussy, mm-hmm. struggling baby who's like, just give me milk. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ned gets it. I get it. Yep. Oh, yeah, for sure. Let's move on to the second most common uh, uh, issue. And now, Ariel, I feel like you have a, a better like announcer voice than I do. So can you can you say number two for the people? Number two. Wow, that was good. Oh my god, that was <laughs> so good. Wow. <laughs> number two, I would say, is surrounding. A painful latch. Mm. Okay. Uh, it's so what really are the signs hard to see if that would be number one. You look for painful latch. Pain, obviously. You, yes, you're dreading feeds uh, oh. because it's painful. Um, your nipples are cracked and bleeding. Um, the pain doesn't go away. Uh, or it's just so uncomfortable that you're just, it's not enjoyable. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a sign to go get checked out because too many times I see moms tell me as well that, oh, the latch was, I was told the latch looked good. Mm. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. if it's still painful, that means the latch isn't good on the inside of the mouth. The nipple has to end up really far back in the mouth in order for it to be comfortable. And so it, this means it's not going to like rub against the hard palate, the hard roof of your mouth. Mm-hmm. When it does that, that's what leads to the pain and damage. And so if you're experiencing pain, that means it's not far back enough. And oftentimes it's just the way that your baby is positioned that you can troubleshoot um, a painful latch. How do you feel about the football hold? Ned Ned got a kick out of that when we first saw it. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Football. Yeah, no, I know. I think there is no one 
best position for every mom because your body is going to be different from mom to mom. Mm -hmm. Your breasts are going to be different from mom to mom. Like they're going to be different sizes, shapes. They're going to, your nipples are going to point different directions. Mm -hmm. And so saying that one position is going to work for every baby who is also going to be different um, from baby to baby is kind of not, it's it's like a great position, but it's not going to work for every single mom. Yeah. And I mean, some positions are better in the morning when your breasts are fuller and some positions are better in the afternoon when they're a little bit more deflated. You know, it's it's kind of like, yes, uh, it, you know, there there are different things that work for like your boobs are different shapes throughout the day. So what, it's sort what's of the most exotic exactly. position that you've heard of or tried. The most exotic. <laughs> you know, the most like non-conventional. What's like the Kama Sutra of breastfeeding? Okay, positions? there there is there one where you're like lying down and the baby has yeah, the, yes. the so, so there there is one that that I I've only heard tell of. I don't I and you know that Whoa. like that that I there are these there are these, you know, I don't know, moms on Instagram yeah. that that are like, oh, when I discovered the laying down They only try um, it on a wild weekend in Vegas. No, no, no. <laughs> this this is this is one that that like you know people who have well there's there's the twin hold oh okay but um the, the, we call that the titty tassels <laughs> we call that the titty well, tassels we as in the community of which i'm <laughs> clearly getting less and less a part of as i keep talking um, but no, no no okay so one that i've always wanted to try that i have never had the confidence to try is that laying down position when uh you know like if you are if you're co-sleeping with baby and um, and say you have, you know, like a, a a younger baby who's who's feeding throughout the night. And uh, and so you don't even have to get up to feed them. <gasps> wow. You know, you just you're just laying and they're laying. And <sighs> but I've never I, I don't know. I feel like I've never really had the confidence to, to be like, OK, latch now. Like I always do the very traditional breastfeeding hold uh, just because that feels mm -hmm. most natural for me. I, I don't know why. Yes, um, I've done that line sideline position. It is glorious. It's glorious. See, everybody <laughs> says it's glorious. it's glorious, and I'm just like, <laughs> you get to basically sleep and not. Well, not that you don't do anything, but you don't have to like work to hold them. Wow. But another one that's similar to that is called like the laid back position, mm. where you're basically in this position. Similar to like when you're watching TV that you're just totally like slouched back, totally relaxed. You like lay them on you, tummy to tummy. It, they can be in like whatever direction that works for your boob, whatever it's facing. And then, you know, your body is supporting them. So you don't have to hold them and work to hold them. And you just get to kind of relax. And this position helps them tap into their instincts to look for the breast and to latch. I feel like this could be a Cosmo article. Like <laughs> five breastfeeding positions that'll blow your baby's mind. <laughs> that, I didn't know that those existed. That's because you've only ever seen me do one. Yeah. I tried the I tried the football hold <laughs> and I was just like, this feels strange. Yeah. This feels strange. But you know, I will say that because I only have one position, I have developed like a, a kink in my neck mm. because I'm constantly like this. 
It's it, it's an mm-hmm. issue. We talk about we we talk about breastfeeding ergonomics all the time mm-hmm. because or it, even burping ergonomics. Like I, I I got a kink in my shoulder for a while because mm-hmm. I was doing it like this, holding him this way. Like, <laughs> and it came around the same time with Wes too. Around that like three four months, you're sort of like, oh, I'm really starting to get it. Mm. Yeah, that can happen. That's why switching it up is nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll do the number one issue, Ariel. Take it away. Number one. This one's probably not what you would first initially think is your the number one issue out there, but it's what I most commonly see is not having an effective latch. Mm. Meaning you have your baby latched, maybe or maybe not, it's painful, but it's just not effective, meaning they're not getting milk. Because there's a difference between your baby feeding for 30 minutes really poorly versus feeding for 10 minutes really well. Does that lead to like milk spillage too? What? Like, (laughs) well, it's like if it's it's not going in their mouth. Oh, I have I have like a very strong letdown, especially Mm -hmm. like you know, first thing in the morning or something like that. So Finn is a very messy eater. So I think Ned is referring to just yeah. the, the, the spillage of milk. You know, it's like a, it's like a yes. hockey player who goes to the bench and then there's like, they like squirt water in their mouth and like only like 10% of it actually gets in their throat. That, the that is kind like of what breastfeeding, face. that's what breastfeeding like, is like for us why sometimes. Why are they even using it? Why don't you just drink the water bottle like normal? <laughs> yes so You're from Canada it's you those get it. signs I totally get hockey yeah for sure <laughs> but yes it's totally those signs where it, it just them being able to breastfeed well so recognizing when your baby can breastfeed well and knowing when they're not breastfeeding well and switching up things to help them do it Mm. and so again it kind of comes back to those positioning things so for you ariel if it would be an overactive letdown think of if you were drinking a glass of water and you were really thirsty Um, and so you're going to chug back this glass of water, you would probably do a lot better when you tilt your head up and you're drinking it really fast. When we're sipping on tea or coffee, you kind of like tuck your chin in and you're just going to sip. But if you were to try and chug something in your sipping position, it would be really difficult. Right, right. So it's kind of a similar concept with the baby that you want to let them tilt their head back so that they can handle the flow better interesting Mm. oh wow Mm -hmm. okay yeah that's there's lots of little kind of tips and tricks of just look at your baby and see if you can Mm -hmm. switch things around to help them breastfeed more effectively wow what great tips your Mm -hmm. instagram is full of great (laughs) tips you know we saw uh, we saw an idea for something to do with uh, spilled milk on your Instagram. Um, yes. Can you tell us about the BM washcloth? Yeah. <laughs> you said BM. <laughs> that was good. Breast milk washcloth. Why did you write it like BM, Rachel? <laughs> As it came out of my mouth, I'm like, what did I just say? Washcloth. <laughs> 
What is Maybe this? Tell us more about a BM wash cloth. Wait, a what? I know, I know what he's talking about, <laughs> but I was like, why did you call it that? Okay, all good. Um, I totally knew what you're back. talking about. So, it's just funny. <laughs> can you can you tell us about the breast milk washcloth? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So many times I've seen like it is perfectly acceptable for moms to cry over milk that they have spilled. It's so hard one sometimes that if if you lose it, uh, it is it's heartbreaking. I mean, you've you've seen it. You've gotten pretty upset at me for even like spilling like a little bit. Or like sometimes if if Ned heats up a bottle and I already have a bottle. And and I know that like the bottle's not gonna last long, you know the the, mm. the amount of time that Finn needs to eat it or something. I'm I'm kind of like, okay. And I don't understand <laughs> it because I'm like, we literally have a freezer full of frozen milk. It doesn't matter. It's hard one. Yeah, Comes to, it came Every from my drop. body. <laughs> yeah, I know. I get that. I, I do. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying. <laughs> I made a mistake. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, next time that you spill some, take a clean washcloth and soak it all up and then stick it in the fridge or freezer. And then you can use it for their next bath. <gasps> no, because breast milk popsicles, you're oh. going to eat it. You don't want to eat this. You don't want right. to eat it because no. you just cleaned it. I see. I see. No, I, yeah, I thought it was like a, you're going <laughs> to wring it out into their mouth type of thing. Um, <laughs> so, no, no, no. You can wring um, it out into their bath and then use the washcloth wow. for their bath. Breast milk bath popsicles. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, non-edible. Yes. Wow. It's very soothing mm. for their skin. And yeah. so mm. there's a bunch of breast non-food milk? ways breast to use it. Breast milk is good for a lot of things. Yeah, it helps cure Finn's mm-hmm. pink eye. He didn't yep. have pink eye. I don't think oh. he had pink eye. <laughs> His eye was pink, and it made everyone very worried. For, for everybody listening, breast milk does not cure pink eye. I'm just going <laughs> to throw that out there. Well, like, cure is such a, you know, that's such a not harsh medical word. Advice. Um, but breast milk does help when you have a clogged milk, du- uh, when, when you have a clogged tear duct. And I think that that yes. is what he had. He had eye goobers, and we put breast milk on it. Yeah, boobies but are magical. It also helps, like, I've heard tell that it helps with cradle cap. I've heard, you know, it helps with, mm-hmm. like, baby acne. So, yeah, I mean, breast milk Do we still baths, call baby acne bacne? No, it's different. <laughs> All right, two different things. It's okay. it, we actually call it babacne. Oh, babacne. Yeah, babacne. might still cure bacne. You never know until you try. <clears throat> so mm-hmm. clean washcloth, soak it up with breast milk whenever you spill. Put it in the freezer, save it for later. But I will Boom. say this: this might be a little, little bit gross for people listening. But uh, sometimes the breast milk doesn't stay there long enough for me to clean it up because the dog drinks it. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout. Because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, Seriously, I don't know. The what. dog is very healthy. Cannot keep him from it. I like what is in breast milk that like makes the dog like, oh my god. I couldn't tell you. It's a little sweet. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a little sweet. Maybe your dog has a sugar yeah. craving. I mean, we've, <laughs> like after Finn was done with the the meat mush mixture, mm-hmm. we gave it to our dog Bean, and he was just. Just living life. Oh, he was he was very happy. Yeah. Yeah. He wants to be our child again. He wants to be an only child. <laughs> now he's got two brothers and he is he is not happy about it. Wes was playing with balloons today and he didn't want Bean to pop the balloon, so he said, Bean, go outside, Dad, help. And so I, <laughs> I put Bean outside and then um Wes started doing something else, but Bean was still outside, and Bean just sat in front of the door and just looked at the door. And <laughs> just, like really, in my head was this hearing, is where we're at now. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> just like I got a, a very slow zoom in on Bean from behind. <laughs> it was so sad, and then I let him in and um, proceeded to continue to ignore him while I ran after Wes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, the story doesn't have a nice ending. So Finn is four months now. Yep. And speaking of meat mush, yeah, and 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 we are starting to feed him solids. Um, how does how does the the flow of breastfeeding change when you are no longer breastfeeding exclusively? Um, you know what what does that look like? So once you start solids, breastfeeding doesn't look a whole lot different, especially because solids are completely new and breastfeeding or even if you were bottle feeding before that's their familiar thing that's their safe place that they're gonna always fall back on and so it's not gonna look a whole lot different because they're still learning what food is how to eat it what happens when they eat it meaning actually feeling satiated or full from eating food. And so there's a lot of learning curves for them. So it's not going to look a whole lot different. When it's going to start looking different is when they're actually able to feed themselves, where they are eagerly putting food in their mouth, moving it around in their mouth and swallowing it. And that is going to result in them just breastfeeding less or feeding less from the bottle because they're taking in extra volume into their stomach. They're taking in more nutrients. Their body's going to recognize that they don't need as much from breastfeeding or bottle feeding. And so they're going to kind of self-regulate as they gradually learn how to eat more solids. And so it's kind of just going to take care of itself. Makes a ton of sense. And the body, mm-hmm. or you know, my body, uh, like the breastfeeding mom's body, would would also kind of regulate as well. Correct. It it it's sort of a if baby's not eating as much, mom is not making as much. Yeah, and it kind of goes back to those grapes and how full they are. So if your baby's not feeding as much, then your grapes are going to get a little bit more. 
full and tell your body, hey, we need to tone back production. I don't like being this full. I don't like being uncomfortable. Let's tone it back to what exactly what baby needs and how they know that is by how often your baby is feeding, how well they're feeding, how much milk they're basically drinking. Your body knows that. Your baby's body knows that. And there's that's kind of the only two people, <laughs> two things that will know those things. And so mm -hmm. kind of following again, their lead uh, will let you, your body slowly adjust that you're not going to get clogged ducts and you're not going to get mastitis and things from being overly full because your production is higher than what it needs to be. It's going wait, to adjust. Wait, wait, what's <clears throat> mastitis? That sounds, that sounds bad. <laughs> so mastitis is breast inflammation. It comes from mast is the root word for breast. And then itis is inflammation. So, so the original name for notice. breasts were just masts. Masts. <laughs> Masses. Yeah. So then there's inflammation going on, which can lead to an infection and fever and all sorts of bad things. Um, so you kind of want to keep that at bay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I I had a uh, a clogged duct duct early on with Finn, and uh, I was really worried that it was mastitis because it was like it was warm and it was really painful. Yeah. And I read online. <laughs> that um, one of the ways that you could get rid of like a clogged duct or mastitis, um, depending on which one it was, is you could use a, an electric toothbrush or a vibrator. Wait, what? Yeah. On your boobs? On your boob. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Non-recreational so like, yes. purposes? True story. <laughs> well, I mean. Medical purposes. Medical purposes. This is my medical vibrator. <laughs> this is my medical vibrator. It's the same concept as if you were taking a tangle out of your hair where you're using this vibration or the brush and slowly working out the tangle. It's almost like, like, uh, like, like a knot in your neck or something like that. You're just like working it out, mm. kind of. Theragun seems like it'd be mm -hmm. way too intense. Oh, way too intense, <laughs> way too intense. I think that's actually why a vibrator or an electric yeah. toothbrush is just the perfect amount of vibration. That's why they mm -hmm. call them personal massagers. Yeah. Thanks, Sky Mall. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they don't, you know, they don't make sky. I know. It's really, really sad. sad. It's really sad. <sighs> <sighs> I used to read those every time I would Me go too. through. I mm -hmm. didn't even have any money. I would just read them and be like, that's cool. I could buy a Gandalf statue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hearing that we have time for about one more question. And so we wanted to, to go back to this idea that uh, support is best because I feel like in in like the parent community and the mom community, you're always seeing breast is best. No, fed is best. You know, there there yeah, are so- A lot of like blank is best. Right. So Well, what is best? And why do we got to <laughs> argue about it? Right. I, I feel like, you know, we shouldn't be saying X is like the best yeah. thing because the best thing is what is best for, for you and your child. Exactly. Um, you are going to know your situation and your baby, your body, everything that you need. And so supporting that is definitely best. <laughs> right. If you choose to breastfeed, if you choose to formula feed, you know, you need to, to support your your mom friends uh, in whatever they choose. So it's more like having a support network for whatever your personal like choice and whatever uh, 
uh, works for you. Okay, I like that. I thought it meant like a pillow to prop up the baby at first. I was like, hmm. Like support. That does seem helpful. But like best? Helpful. That's the best? <laughs> That's, That's really the option. No, this is like the overarching thing that yeah. just entire support is really best. I think people are still going to argue about it online. I, th- and, I think they are too. In the comment section. I think they are too. Yeah, it's just it's one of those things where it, it's the hype. It's kind of the clickbait thing that everybody's drawn to um, or the thing that they latch on to in times of yeah. stress, like especially for breastfeeding moms where they really badly wanted to breastfeed and it didn't work out. Uh, they kind of they're they're let down. Um, what I find is they're surrounded by the fed is best statements mm. and then they feel bad about it it's kind of you know yeah. it's meant to their moms are trying to make them feel better like oh you know what what matters is, is that the baby's fed um except if that were the case then we wouldn't you know that's kind of like invalidating that mom's choice to mm. choose to breastfeed to begin with right mm. And so it brings about a little bit more mom guilt, like, oh, I wanted to breastfeed, but it doesn't matter because fed is best. Interesting. Yeah. So it seems like support is best is a really a way to kind of lower mom guilt because it's sort of like whatever whatever you your preferences are, whatever your choices are, we're going to support you in that. Right. And mm-hmm. wherever you are on your journey is okay. And, right. you know, here are some resources you are, to try and yeah. take whatever next step you're going for. Whatever, whatever mm-hmm. way of feeding your child you are committed to, we support you. Oh, I like exactly. That. That, that's nice. I like that. Well, you can support the podcast by hitting that subscribe button and reading those five stars on iTunes. This is Baby Steps. We're here every Sunday. Join our community and email us at babystepsadvice at gmail.com. Robin, this has been so wonderful. Oh Thank you so much for spending the day with us. Tell us where where people can find you. Yes, yeah, so Instagram is the best way to connect at this point. I am at breastfeeding.dietitian, dietitian with two Ts. <laughs> it's commonly misspelled, so if you can find me, great. <laughs> if not... You know, I'll I'm working on a website to get all of my information that I have on Instagram on a website just because I don't want it to disappear. And I find a lot of moms are finding it helpful for them. I, I have a, a new slogan for you. Um, OK, it's really bad. Um, I'm just going to be completely <laughs> rejected from the community now. <clears throat> Breastfeeding dietitian. We're putting the tit in dietitian. What? What? I mean, I. I'm so sorry. It's kind of funny. It is. Yes, it is. yes. She likes it. She likes it. <laughs> well, we will see you next Sunday for another episode of Baby Steps. Until next time, keep babying. <laughs> Keep babies. Yeah, we'll are workshop you, that one. Are you like keep making babies? I guess, yeah. We're 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 not gonna have a job if people don't start stop if people stop making babies. How about like keep just take it one day at a time or something like yeah, that? You know, you're like right. day after day. Uh, until next time.
it's a journey <laughs> to take baby steps.